0: Dum-de-dum,
1: Everyone ready? Dum-dum. Yep. Right. We're okay. Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm Mm -hmm. the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm really thrilled to be joined this week by not one, not two, but three regional directors. Very exciting. Uh, George Crowder, if you've been watching the podcast uh, before, you will have met him. He's been regional director for us in the northern part of the country uh, for, what is it, about 18 months now, George? A bit longer?
2: Is it that long, (laughs) Ros?
1: It's been a while.
2: Uh, I still feel new. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, He, you'll remember, used to be uh, sort of partnered by Mark Wallace, who was uh, working in the southern part of the country. He's moved on to bigger and better things uh, and has had to be uh, replaced uh, in all good tradition with not one but two people so uh chris maybe we'll start with you you've been on the podcast before talking a little bit about lockdown and those kind of things but tell us uh, for those perhaps who might not have seen you then where you are what you're based what you do um and where perhaps uh, sort of what part of the country uh, you're going to be in
3: Sure. Uh, my name is Chris Moore. I'm the rector of four uh, rural parishes in Herefordshire. I'm sort of southeast of Hereford, uh, dangerously close to the um, to the border uh, with Gloucester Diocese, and we're. A group of about 2,200 people and um, we cover about 18 square miles. So it's quite a sparse populated area full of cattle, full of uh, an awful lot of cider orchards. We're near Western Cider and Bournemouth Cider. So it's proper sort of old fashioned Anglican rural ministry um, in, in that sort of in that sort of setting, and, and, and it's, it's great, I enjoy it, I've been here for nine years now and I haven't really sort of grown bored of it, in fact if anything I'm going through something of a, of a second wind, enjoying it for uh, the fresh time. Now I'm I think I'm right in saying I'm looking after the southwest. That's the official title, Roz, isn't it? Uh, and the southwest confusingly, includes uh, places like Lichfield. So, effectively, it's the southwest of the country, but also bits of the West Midlands as well, over to Leicester. I mean, I think uh, there may be a list at some stage going on the website. Who knows? But certainly the office knows which uh, bits people are looking after, so they can point you in the right direction. There was something else, Roz, you asked, but I can't remember what it was now.
1: I can't remember. That's a great place to start, isn't it? I must admit, Chris. Every time I hear you talk more about where you are and the job that you have, the more idyllic it really does sound.
3: <laughs> I am the vicar of Narnia.
1: Yes, yeah. either that or Midsummer, and I do slightly wonder what the body count is in your villages.
3: Well, you know, it's always <laughs> and
1: it, you know, it's always the vicar. Isn't always it?
3: the vicar, because where there's a funeral, there's a fee. That's why you see. <laughs>
1: Very good. I don't know whether they've run that that plot line, the sort of churches uh, needing to bump up its...
3: It'll be the treasurer what done it, yes.
1: You're the treasurer, exactly. That's who it'll be. Good. And then we're also joined by uh, Tony Cannon, who is uh, going to be our regional director in what's left of the country. Tony, just introduce yourself and tell us uh, where you are and um, Mm. where you've been in ministry and that sort of thing.
0: Okay, yeah. I'm... Tony Cannon. Um, So I was originally uh, trained as a chartered accountant, so I was in the business world for about 19 years. Um, And uh, I then headed off uh, to the vicar factory called Oak Hill. Um, Got ordained. I actually did my curacy only a matter of sheep away from where Chris Moore is um, in the uh, other end of Hereford Diocese. I did that for four years. Then I spent just over 10 years in the Cotswolds um, as part of the Chipping Norton team. Uh, looking after some villages and, and a team ministry there. But I was the team vicar, not the team rector. And finally, I moved on to Woking, to a big suburban church there. Did that for six and a half years. And my wife and I retired a bit early because of slightly poor health. And we're now down in uh, Hailsham near Eastbourne, which is great. And uh, it's lovely to be able to take on this role. Great. Which is kind of my heart. We
1: have a um, Church Society Trust parish in Hailsham, uh, don't we, which I think is where you're at church. And... Yeah. uh If you have not been listening to the podcast uh, regularly since its inception, you may have missed the episode where I uh, chatted with uh, David Bourne, the vicar there, and his wife, and they they gave me all the lowdown uh, on the uh, Hailsham Parish Church. So you might want to go and look that up uh, to catch up with later. It's so great uh, to have this uh, growing team uh, of regional directors. And George, as our our sort of... uh, veteran he's been in post long enough to catch his (laughs) breath perhaps Um, could you just give us an idea of how your role has developed it was a really new position when you and Mark were appointed and there was sort of a whole host of things that we thought you might do and just give us an idea of what you actually have been doing
2: well I had a, a broad brief to connect with people in real ministry in real churches and and listen to them, uh, and then help church society be more useful for, for people. Uh, already was very useful, but uh, it, was, uh, it was a good thing to do. Uh, so I've really been all about that, uh, going around the different dioceses in the northern province and some of them in the southern province, especially before these two characters came along, uh, and meeting with uh, conservative evangelicals, uh, usually in groups if possible, as that's, uh, some of the groups were already in existence uh, and and listening to them. Uh, in some cases, helping particular people who are, who are facing difficult times, uh, one-on-one, uh, just supporting them through that and seeing what church society can do to help them through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in some cases, helping groups to form, uh, to, to, or to reform. In fact, probably a highlight is uh, seeing the Manchester group having had real struggles sort of get back on its feet again and start getting together uh, and working together. And I think there are two two things that groups uh, are really good for. Uh, out there in ministry, we need support and we get a, a kind of support from the diocese, but support from uh, like-minded uh, evangelicals uh, is between churches and between ministers that there's no no substitute for that uh, and when we're going through hard times we really need it and when we're facing difficult issues we need to stand together so support from each other uh, and the other big thing is being active in the diocese is it's much better to do that uh, with, with, with a united front with a group of people uh, uh, so one of us can go on the committee for social responsibility another of us can go on the committee for ministry uh, uh, and so that we could be, have a positive influence on the diocese. Uh, those two things in particular, and then having that strong base, uh, a springboard to looking at new ministries and establishing and securing ministries, Really so helpful. That's, the, that's the sort of thing that we've been I've been involved in.
1: Great. Um, George, I know you've been really passionate about particularly working with those sort of local groups and, and that's so exciting to hear about Manchester Group really getting started and, and others that you've been able to support and so on. Do those need to be official church society groups in any way? What sort of groups actually are they that you're spending your time with?
2: Um, I'll, I'll work with any group. We're not trying to build an empire mm-hmm. here. Um, um, if there isn't a group, I will encourage one to take shape. At the moment, to be honest, I'm just encouraging people where there is no Dars as Evangelical Fellowship, a DEF, to form one of them because it is probably the most useful format for responding to the issues that we've got with LLF. Um, so, but but it's to kind of harness whatever group. Renew uh, groups are great, uh, and and where they've started up, they pioneer, establish secure, healthy churches. Um, that's brilliant. It's just a, it's a group of people and they can support each other and and they tend to always have that eye on the diocese as well, and so very helpful to mesh with those. The Manchester Association, uh, the Chester Association, uh, decided to deliberately not have a label with any particular other group for that reason, so people could feel welcome, um, and and with DEFs as well. I mean, it's a wider group of people, but but there is a is a mandate there which is really useful, uh, so. I think it's just making sure there is a group. Um, We don't necessarily have a church society group, but we want to equip uh, people in in church ministries, lay and ordained. And a very, very effective way to do that is to bunch together.
1: I think that's right. And it's one of those things, isn't it, that's going to vary between different dioceses in some places. The, the numbers of, of people we're talking about, the numbers of churches and clergy we're talking about will be such that you can usefully have a larger DEF, but maybe then also a yeah. smaller group that's more focused on conservative evangelicals. But if you're in a diocese where your DEF is only 10 or 12 people, it, it doesn't seem to me to make a lot of sense to say we also need to be dividing ourselves into smaller yeah, and smaller yeah. units every five minutes. So. And in a
2: sense, I've been learning about that and learning how things work. And they'll and work quite well. The thing is, I mean, I passionately believe that, that episcopacy is biblical, it just jumps out the New Testament that we should be together in ministry across uh, regions, across local churches. Uh, but the diocese doesn't necessarily provide all of that. Mm-hmm. We should submit to the structures as far as we can in all good conscience. But the the, le- the support that we need isn't quite there mm-hmm. to keep ourselves accountable for preaching the truth and things like that uh, and encouraging and spurring one another on to, to, to keep our theological root. Uh, so it's in a case of supplying what is lacking in the, in the fellowship that we need, but then encouraging the diocese to, to do more of it. Um, So those two things.
1: Absolutely. Um, Tony and Chris, I'm going to ask, just to give us a a bit of an idea. You mentioned, Tony, you said that this was sort of, uh, I can't remember whether you said your dream role or or something like that. What is it that you're excited about, uh, about this role as regional director? What are you hoping to be able to do?
0: Well, I was just thinking, listening to George, this is great. I'm learning what my job's meant to be. And then the internet went down twice. So sorry about that. Um, I think what's exciting for me is uh, having been in ministry for, you know, in terms of parish leadership ministry for 21, 22 years, Um, the sense of support when I've had really good support and when I've not, the difference has been huge, frankly. Um, And uh, oddly enough, I can remember really clear to this day, a phone call from one of the church society guys who phoned up completely out of the blue because I was in a church society parish, just to say, how's it going? You know, what's happening? How are you? Um, And we as Church Society, this is now 10, more than 10 years ago, we at Church Society would love to be able to be more in contact and support you. And uh, that was just great to hear. And um, uh, the more I've spoken with um, different ministers over the years, and even now in my early retirement, um, there's a mentoring scheme going on down here in the Sussex Gospel Partnership with the Anglicans there. Uh, It's just so appreciated. And um, I, in the last 10 years of my ministry, really did have someone working alongside me, praying everything through, coming up with ideas, bouncing things around, saying, is that really your priority? Is that really what you should be doing Um, or encouraging me when it was? And so just to have an outside view is brilliant.
1: That's so great to hear, isn't it? I mean, we um, we do still try and do that with our church society trust parishes to, to have good relationships with those churches on an ongoing basis and to be praying for the work that's going on there and, and you know just keeping in regular contact with the ministers there it's not a, a sort of formal role that we have as patrons but but we certainly try to do that where that's appropriate um, but also what's so great um, is having now people in this this role as, as regional director to be able to to do more of that for our members um, you know whatever churches they're in whether they're church society patronage or not um you know people that that we just hear about who need that kind of help and support we've just got a bit more resources at our our disposal to give time to those individuals who really uh, are in need of it and I think it's what fair first say isn't it George that while a lot of your focus has been on the groups and the networking for Mark a lot more of his focus I think was on the the sort of individual support that was needed just because that's sort of how things came up um in the two areas and I would expect all three of you to end up with jobs that look slightly different um, because of different local needs, but also your different experiences and gifts. Chris, I wonder whether you have anything um, to add to that about what you're sort of hoping to do, what you're excited about why
3: you wanted this kind of weird job. Uh, Well, in one way, it was the only way I could get uh, George to stop phoning me, was to sort of take on the role. (laughs) As he kept phoning... Well, actually, to be be fair to George, uh, as I'm not being unfair to him at all, but there there was a sense that having been on the receiving end of his phone calls over the years, I grew to... I say over the years, eh, over the months, I suppose, 18 months, I grew to appreciate something, what he was trying to do in terms of giving support... Uh, locally, and I could see that there was a real good sense in that. Um, so I, I'd had a little bit of um, an idea of what the role was simply by the conversations I'd had with uh, George over the, the past 18 months or so. I think the, the, one of the other things though, which is important for me was coming into Anglican ministry. I sort of fell into Anglican ministry uh, a dozen or so years ago from Baptist ministry. And um, the Baptist world is is quite tight knit in many ways. There aren't as many uh, clergy, of course, as there are in the Church of England and not as many churches either, but it is quite close knit. And theologically, although there's breadth, it's not as broad as the Church of England is. And then coming into particularly a diocese like Hereford, which is rural, where uh, your your neighbour, your neighbouring minister may be miles and miles and miles away. Uh, there is something more of a sense of isolation. And if you happen to uh, be more conservative, evangelical in your views, the likelihood of any, having anybody near you is, is pretty remote. So uh, there was that kind of sense of, of isolation. And I felt that really right up until through a, a long chain of events. Uh, William Taylor turned up to preach at a wedding in one of my churches uh, about three years ago or four years ago, something like that. And I ended up um, in the corner of, of a graveyard with him, not in a Midsummer murder sort of way with a sort of a mallet, but but just talking to him um, about what he was trying to um, see renewers for and, and looking at that agenda and finally, finally finding some place to start connecting into and then through that and connections through there, particularly through uh, Andrew Towner, his dad by the way used to be my rural dean so I've got some sort of connection there, of just discovering this whole sort of world that was out there that I wasn't aware of because I hadn't gone to Oak Hill and I hadn't uh, done a curacy at St. Helens or all those sort of normal things Uh, I'm in a group of parishes which are not particularly evangelical, although one hopes they're more evangelical now than they were nine years ago when I arrived, so what I'm particularly looking forward to doing is Mm -hmm. to try and to make those connections with people who are outside of a support network and to try and bring them together to encourage them to resource them and particularly llf has been mentioned no doubt some of them may be pulled into whatever dialysis and responses are being done in their patch and i think they will need support and resourcing in that because certainly that's something which i i feel that i would need in my own circumstance as well
1: that's so great to hear, Chris. I think that is something that's really been uh, on our hearts at church sites for quite a long time is how do we support those people who aren't in the networks already? How do we support those people who are out in small churches in the middle of nowhere? How do we support those people who are doing great faithful gospel ministry but feel like they are the only one? Um, and it is hard to find who those people are and where they are and and make contacts with them but but hearing that story of just how much difference it's made to you, you just see how important it is that we are doing that and not just focusing our efforts on the people we already know and the names we all have heard of and the churches that that we're all aware of um so that's really great, and it's so great as well to have that experience of um people who are in churches that aren't traditionally. Evangelical with congregations that are quite mixed, people, you know, who've not been taught well on things, and you know, there's a lot of evangelical ministers who are in those kind of situations, and and it's hard, I think, and having somebody that they can talk to who understands a bit of what that's like, I think, will be really great. Um, I am going to to move on uh, in just a moment to talk about what we think some of those issues are. You already mentioned LLF, obviously, um, but I just want to ask all of you if people are watching this and thinking oh, well, I, I don't know whether, oh, well, maybe this isn't really enough to bother a regional director with, or, you know, maybe we're not really the kind of people that, that they want to be in touch with or the kind of situation that they've dealt with. Who would you love to be emailing the office and saying, I don't know which regional director I need, but can you point me in their direction? What sort of people would you love to be hearing from?
2: <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I mean, I was about to, say, uh, 18 months in, and I'm finally starting to get somewhere with some of the people I was out to try and find who are isolated and who who didn't know that I was going to be there for them and able to offer some support. Uh, Maybe I'm just too slow. Uh, It's those kinds of people who are are out there struggling on their own and didn't realise that we could give them support. Uh, People... Uh, yeah. If you are confused about LLF, uh, most people are. Um, <laughs> then we we are here for you. Church Society are genuinely here for you for that. And regional directors, we're we're right here for you to talk to, just to listen to uh, where you are at with it, and and to give you some uh, some direction uh, and support with that. Um, if you're in a local church and you want to do a biblical ministry, we want to equip you. I think that's what our um, our strapline says something like that doesn't it
1: <laughs> equipping god's people to live god's word yeah and if that's what you're about absolutely we want to be uh, helping you to do that tony or chris do you have anything to to add to that at this point
0: well i don't think you have to i don't think people need to feel they've got a problem or they're struggling or they're about to give up to be in contact i mean i think i'm i'm just trying to make contact with everybody and say hello really because we're not here to counsel you of all your problems and stuff because we've probably not solved all our problems um, it's not that kind of thing but it's actually just to build relationships I think church society's strapline is we are a fellowship um, and, and, and that is really good and one of the issues I'm finding is that there are, there are a number of dioceses in my chunk mm-hmm. and we've all agreed that the lines between our areas are sort of a bit porous so you, you know you don't have to stick to them rigidly but one of the things I'm finding is that some of the dioceses are really thriving. You know, there's a big DEF, there's a big Renew or Church Society kind of group. There's all sorts of things. There might be big New Wine or Fulcrum Group, whatever. There's loads of support happening. And they don't really need a, another thing to be involved in. But there's a lot of... In fact, one of the issues I'm struggling with at the minute is, mm-hmm. is finding out even if there are DEFs in some of the dioceses. Um, And that's taking me quite a while to just investigate and say, so I'm just phoning around people and saying, has anybody heard of a DEF? Things like that. So it's a discovery thing. And I suppose if if guys are in in a diocese and they just, as, you know, dear old Chris sitting down there with his 16 sheep, are feeling a bit lonely and is there anybody out there, then just have a chat. And what I'm doing at the minute is just having a chat with guys about ministry that yeah. you know the, the encouragements the wow moments as well as the tough bits so be in contact don't think you've got to wait until you've got a problem
1: really to be helpful. in contact yeah really yeah. helpful thank you and um and absolutely those sort of uh diocesan boundaries being quite porous. i'm i'm so conscious of that here in litchfield where it takes you know three hours to get from one side of the diocese to the other and you know if you're at one edge of it you know, it it might be really helpful to know about who there is in Chester or who there is in Derby or whoever who's only a few miles down the road and, you know, there'll be some reasons why it's it's important to know other people in your diocese to be able to respond to things that are going on there but in terms of that kind of fellowship and support having people who are nearer um, you know, and we, we do have a list of church society members and and places and, and, you know, we may be able to help put people in contact with local networks as well Great. Uh, Chris, did you want to add anything there? I
3: think really I'll just echo what the other two have said. I mean, there is, mm. it, it's trying to provide support to those who don't feel they have it. I, I don't mm. think there is a particular circumstance where you may say something is too small or whatever it is yeah. to phone up with. I think it, it is making that connection and finding your feet, which is particularly, I think, important in a, what is a very mixed denomination. And, and you can feel very much... Uh, on one side and the only other thing which I suppose I'd want to add from my own particular perspective where I am here is I'll be delighted to hear from anybody who's thinking about um, looking at rural ministry because it is very much something which isn't um, i don't know it's not seen as big and exciting and, and let's be frank uh, it, at times it's not but um, and you're not going to get the big congregations in front of you because your congregations are split between four or five different churches but nonetheless there are tremendous opportunities you have a very unique relationship with your population the population tends to be more prayer booky so they tend to be more evangelical than they particularly realize than they are and there are tremendous opportunities to have influence at diocesan level as well because in my diocese there's only 80 odd stipendry clergy so there are plenty of opportunities to to bring influence and to really get involved um, where that's that's needed so i have spoken at oak hill on rural ministry and things like that so that that would be something which of somebody who was just wanting to explore it i would be happy to have a chat and when we're allowed to even to come up and have a look around and i can talk you through how it works or does wonderful
1: maybe, maybe yeah. we'll um, plan a future podcast episode on, on rural ministry at some point as well uh, chris and, and we'll get you and we'll get a sheep and um, and i'll go and record I'll go and yeah. record it out in the field, the field just out here, and, and um, yeah. I hadn't like realised
3: that. Lee still had his sheep uniform, but there we are.
1: <laughs> oh, plenty of sheep here, I promise you. Right, uh, just uh, what uh, we've sort of alluded to some of these things as well. But as you are uh, talking to people in, in local networks and in local groups, and, and just. Uh, other ministers as well. What are some of the things that you see are the pressing issues in the Church of England at the moment? So we already mentioned LLF, and that's obviously something that that is on the agenda now and is going to be uh, over, you know, coming years. Um, what are the other things that you see that people are, are really concerned about? I think um, with wondering how to, than to react uh, the to?
2: pandemic and the LLF uh, report. And suite of uh, materials, it's just exhaustion that ministers are really um, confused about why they're so physically drained, and because uh, you know, because it's it's a strange period to be a minister, oh. but 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 really struggling with their own kind of well-being. Uh, that's the thing that seems to be most common. I mean, they're, they're trying to deal with... I mean, obviously, they're doing funerals for COVID-19 people and they're trying to process LLF. But but really, in the biggest thing, it, it's not just a background issue. There's a lot of real, real exhaustion and just tiredness and, and they're really struggling. And pastoral breakdown and things like that's going on and driving them crazy.
1: Do you think, George, that exhaustion is something that actually has been an underlying issue for a long time that maybe the pandemic has brought to the surface um or is it something that is just a result of having to minister in these really unusual circumstances this year
2: i think one of the one of the things is it's just impossible to analyze and we're naturally analytical we want to say oh why did this happen why am i feeling like this Mm. and and a a lot of people are thinking they don't know why they feel like this but it's not great okay and uh, um and and um and I've got Christmas to sort out and I don't know what to do yeah. about that. And yeah. and uh, so I think I'd I just feel a great sense of which want to be alongside people. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing Zoom groups and that's that's sort of going quite neat and tidy at the moment. I'm spending much more time now mm-hmm. with just one to one on the phone or on Zoom or if possible just getting out in my car and meeting with them. Yeah. Just to see if I can encourage them yeah. by saying, oh, I feel the same way. Yeah, 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 definitely.
1: <laughs> if you want George to come and have a, a an outdoor, socially distanced meeting with you, go for a walk or something, I'm sure he'd be, you know, delighted to do that. I think that's so interesting. I think um, I, I have had a suspicion for quite a long time that we have a, a conservative evangelical culture of working people into the ground. And I do wonder if this year, because everything has been made so much harder, that has just got to sort of crisis point um, rather than being a, a specific problem. Yeah, good. Um, other things? I'm Yeah, mm. I think that's really interesting.
0: Can I just pick up on that one a bit? Because I think I'm, I've been seeing that you know, prior to taking on this role, and I'm still very new in this role, but I'm seeing the same thing as George is saying. And I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that we... As human beings, we need relationship and we need feedback. And, you know, I mean, just just taking services in church, for example, you lead a service, you preach a sermon, you talk to people before, you particularly talk to people afterwards, it's, a, it's, an, it's an engagement thing and you're going to get real response. People have said to me on a number of occasions of late, yeah. and when I said things, how do you think it's going? One guy said to me today, he said, I haven't got a clue. Yeah, No idea. Why? Well, because I'm not sure who's there, and I'm not able to meet with them. I just started to see a few, and now I can't see them again. So how do I... Another guy who I've been um, talking with a fair bit um, felt very much the same thing. And as we talked and prayed and worked things through, he's just taken on um, four or five, perhaps half a dozen, uh, reading the Bible one-to-one with some blokes who... I said you know Mm -hmm. find six blokes you think you know got great potential and he gave it some thought and he couldn't come up with many so i said okay can you come up with any blokes at all he said yeah i can do that and he's meeting and he's just reading the bible he's just doing things like the good book company studies he's doing man of god a study that the good book company put out something very simple same study with each of them one-on-one yeah and Mm -hmm. i'm sure it's doing those guys good but it's doing the minister a power of good mm-hmm. because he's seeing he's got like a front row seat watching the spirit of God wielding his word in other people's lives. And he's missed that for quite a long time. And he's yeah. loving it.
1: That's very interesting, is not it? Because so much of people's time has <laughs> been given over to things that aren't really word ministry, video editing and working out Zoom and, and all of those sort of technical things. Mm-hmm things which i don't think is a bad thing that the church is suddenly upskilled in all of that but if that is what is dominating your diary each week that's very different from filling your diary with pastoral meetings and bible studies and and whatever and i think that's that's a really wise thing to have done yeah
0: and of course there are churches i mean we all know the principle of acts chapter 6 you know where the apostles said we need to appoint some really good spirit-filled guys to look after the widow's issue because we've got to focus on teaching the word and prayer. And we think, yeah, great. But when you're actually pretty much on your own, you don't know how Zoom works or a video camera plugs in, and you know that no one in your congregation does, that makes it even more stressed because you have to do what you know you shouldn't be doing. But you have to do it in order to do what... And that, I think, George, is exhausting. Mm. It's that being pulled in all these different directions and not being able to do what you're called to do, gifted to do, want to do. And that's stressful and it's tiring.
1: Yeah, very, very interesting. Good. Um, well, we're nearly coming to the end of our uh, podcast time. It's been really fascinating uh, to talk to you all a little bit. I hope people have felt like uh, they, they've they got to at least be able to put more than just a face to a name, but a voice to a name. Um, and uh, no doubt we will be hearing more uh, in the months and, and years to come about how these different roles are going to develop and, and how you're going to be uh, working together around the country. It is such an exciting thing to see uh, this part of our work um, develop. And as we've said, please do get in touch. If you just feel like you just like a phone call with someone who'll listen. For half an hour, if you just want to chat something through, it doesn't have to be a crisis moment, it doesn't have to be, um, yeah, anything that you feel this is the most urgent thing in the world, but just if you need somebody, uh, to chat to you, to pray with you. Uh, to go for a walk with you if you're, you know, somewhere they can get to. Um, but also particularly if you feel like you're on your own and you'd like to know if there are local people that you could be in a, a network with, people that you could meet up with, uh, get in touch with us and we'll do our best to, to put you in touch with people. The best thing to do is to contact the office. So that's admin at churchsociety.org. If you can uh, tell, uh, give us an idea of who you are and whereabouts you're based in the country, a church and a diocese, Is really helpful, um, and then we'll be able to point you uh, in the direction uh, of the person who can help you. Or if you've got a specific question, you know, if you want to ask Chris about rural ministry, or I don't know, um, you know, some of the things that we've been talking about, then then do feel free to say, and we can certainly put you in touch uh, with the right person. Uh, I'm not sure when the podcast will be back. I'm hoping it will be two weeks from today, uh, when we will not be talking about LLF, and we will not be talking about regional directors. Tune in to find out what we will be talking about when I've worked it out.